Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. There are some voices that take you somewhere. There's a spirit behind them that makes you feel something powerful. And man, Cece Winans, she's one of those singers. She's also the best-selling and most decorated female gospel artist of all time. As a woman who spent her life grounded in faith, Cece knows a thing or two about believing. And that voice, that gift from God, she says, all you have to do is listen. That's the single off her first ever live album, Believe For It. And that's also the name of her most recent book, Believe For It, Passing on Faith to the Next Generation. The book touches on the importance of instilling faith into our kids and then their kids. And as a mom myself, I just couldn't wait to soak in all of Cece's wisdom. But her greatness does not end there. Cece also has a beautiful story about the first time she met Whitney Houston, who would go on to become one of her dearest friends. There are so many incredible facets to Cece's career in music. I hope they inspire you the way they inspire me. I'm Hoda Kotb. Welcome to my podcast, Making Space. Good. I am good. You look gorgeous. Oh my God. Like stunning. Like stunning. <laughs> um, first of all, I am so honored. I don't know what the right word is. I think honored is the right word to be I'm sitting honored. with you. I'm honored to be with you. You are, among other things, I mean, the most decorated gospel singer of all time. I mm. think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. You are a mother. You're a grandmother. You are lit from within and always have been. So i I try to picture you as a little girl. Like, mm. I look at you and I kind of see her. Mm-hmm. Was little Cece outgoing? Was she shy? What was she like? Um, little Cece was probably more shy than not. Mm-hmm. But growing up with so many siblings, it's kind of hard for you to really hide, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you have... <laughs> I have seven older brothers. My My father was the... Only child. My mom had one sister. And Hoda, they came together and had 10 kids. Ten children. I guess they said they're never going to be lonely did, ever again. Did. So seven boys straight. Bibi was the last boy, and I was the first girl and have two younger sisters. I heard your mom wept with joy when she found yes. out she was finally having a girl. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because, you know, back then they didn't have the, <laughs> the ultrasounds back then. And so when he said a girl, she was like, what? <gasps> did you say a girl? <laughs> how did you, how were you... Because I think a lot of kids don't feel seen, Mm -hmm. you know, and some people say she's shy and some people will say she's been quieted. Mm -hmm. There's so many loud voices that she's been, she's not actually shy, but she's been quiet. She's been quieted. How did, how did you find your voice at home home. among all those siblings? You know what? I have to give credit to my parents. Mm -hmm. I really, you know, when you get older and you have children of your own I don't know how they did it, mm-hmm. 
But I think all of us felt like we had a voice. You did. We felt heard. We were free to be who God created us to be, you know? And I don't know how they did it. They just loved us well. They, for some reason, somehow, and they both worked. Jeez. Yeah, worked. She got home, cooked, did all of this stuff. And I never felt like I was looked over. Huh. So I don't know how they did it. <laughs> but they did it. <laughs> but they I did asked it. one woman once who had four beautiful grown daughters. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's the secret to good parenting? And she said, oh, four words. I said, what is it? And she said, listen and love, love, love. Mm. That's really it. She said, listening to your children. Listening. And you felt, you felt heard I growing felt up. I felt heard growing up. Yeah. Wow. We really did. And I, I think all of my siblings did. So all of us in a family have a descriptor about us. She's the shy one. She's the funny one. She's the outgoing yes. one. She's the athletic one. Yes. What was your, what did they What did they say about you? I don't know what they would say about me. <laughs> well, my brothers would say I'm the spoiled one because I was one. the first girl. Yeah. But my mom said, no, I was just a very good child. Yes. You're... <laughs> so I don't know. I was probably, I don't know, um... I guess I was kind of serious, too. You were serious? Yeah. yeah, I hung out with my grandmom, so maybe I was the wise one. Oh. <laughs> what influence did your grandmother have on you? Oh, man, that was my best friend. <sighs> she was just very peaceful and loving, you know, stern, but I knew that I had an angel looking out for me. <sighs> I got a chance to go and spend a night at her house, mm. you know, and mm. she would cook for me, mm. spoil me a little bit, mm-hmm. but— she really would sit down and talk to me. You know, she wanted me to be a good girl. Mm-hmm. She wanted me to have the best in life, you mm. know, um, and, and really taught me my faith, taught mm. me that it was important to put God first. Your grandmother yeah. was the first one. Yeah, and also to treat people the way you want to be treated, to love on people. And I'll never f- forget her, and I'm so <laughs> grateful for her. But, yeah, she passed the faith down to me. How old were you when she passed? Oh, I was probably 20. I was in my early 20s. Mm. I had just got married, Mm. and I thought I had the flu. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and said, no, that's probably a nine-month virus. (laughs) (laughs) She's the first one that told me, oh, you're pregnant. she knew? Yeah, she knew. And I was like, what? Because I wasn't trying to be pregnant. And Mm -hmm. um, But she never got a chance to meet my baby, my, my, my boy. What did you lose when your grandmother passed? Oh, man. I lost—I felt like I lost my foundation, you know? But at the same time, she had prepared me so well. I knew I would be okay. You know how you go through something and you want to be okay, but you really don't want to be okay because it just doesn't make sense, you know? Now that I look back, we lost her at a very young age. She was only 60, I think 64 years old. And she had a stomach cancer. It was really shocking to lose her. But I cried. I haven't cried in a while. Mm-hmm. But for years, I, it would just hit me and I would just weep. But then right after that cry, I would begin to just laugh and smile because she was a very funny lady. And the fact that she instilled that deep faith, she mm-hmm. was one of many I know who did. Mm-hmm. But that must have just given you such, I guess, peace. Definitely, definitely, yeah. because she had a peace. She, she would always say if she ever got to a point that she couldn't take care of herself, she wanted to go to heaven. Mm. And I remember the mm. last time I went to see her, she didn't look like herself. And I went home myself and I said, Lord, she's ready to go. Mm. 
you knew, huh? Yeah, and she passed wow. really shortly after that. Wow. Yeah. Wow, what an influence and a beautiful— What's yeah. her name? Laura. Laura, Laura Housie. You know, I feel like when you say someone's name, they're remembered. Yes, don't you? Laura. Laura yes. Housie. Yes. Okay, Miss Laura Housie. Beautiful. Um, when did you know that you could sing? Like, at what point did you did you say to yourself, oh, wow, that, that came out of me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said, wow, that <laughs> oh, came really? out of me. Okay. But, but, you know, growing up, we all sang. Um, mm-hmm. And the first solo I had, I was about eight years old. And yeah. how did that feel? Um, it's very scary. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I saw the reaction of the people. And I think that's when I said, wow. Because the wow wasn't really about my voice, but it was about the spirit behind my voice. Yes. And so I saw grown people crying. <sighs> and I'm just like, wow, what's what is, what's this? Here? What's happening? Right, right. And you knew yeah. you loved to sing in church. Yes, loved to sing at home, in church. We sang the commercials. We turned everything. <laughs> you did? Yeah, into all, a song. All, all of my brothers and sisters were singing. Yeah, everything was, was a major production at home. Now, some of the greatest voices may continue to live in church and never kind of venture out for the world to hear. Right. How come your voice ended up being one of those that kind of emerged from, from church and then it became... So mainstream. That is a great question. Um, It was God's plan. It was God's plan. Uh, We were heard by Andre Crouch, Mm. a well-known gospel singer who had really crossed over in so many other areas around the world. And he heard about us in Detroit, Michigan, and Mm. gave us a chance to record. Yeah, he took us to California. My brothers, they recorded first, and then BB and I after that. But he's like, I heard of this family that all of these kids can sing. <laughs> and, I mean, because you asked a really good question because there's so many incredible, yeah. talented people. Yes. And you have to sit back and say, why did I get a chance yeah. to be heard outside of those four walls? So it's a pretty heavy question. It's a God thing. It's definitely a God it's thing. It's a God thing. When you sing, I mean, I was just I was just reliving and watching some of the beautiful things that you've sung in the past and mm-hmm. also your new music. Mm-hmm. When you're up there on stage, mm-hmm. what is happening to you while you're singing out to the to the people? Um, I'm getting lost yeah. in 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 the message of what I'm singing mm-hmm. about. You know, my goal is always to get out of the way. Get out of the way. And and just become a vessel and a channel of of the love of God, of the mm-hmm. peace of God, you know. So I, I'm there f- for the people, but I'm really there for God to be his spokesperson. Mm. And so, yeah, I get up there and I'm just, you know, just use me. So I just really try to leave mm. so that he can come in and people can actually be touched by him. Yeah. That That's always the goal, is that I get out of the way. <laughs> get out of the way. Boy. Coming up, Cece meets Whitney. How a chance encounter blossomed into an enduring friendship. And we kind of just crossed paths. And she actually turned around and was like, Cece, Cece. <laughs> and Bibi was with me, Cece and Bibi. And I'm like, how do you know us? <laughs> Stay with us. Stay with us. 
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash space. Just go to Indeed.com slash space right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash space. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, I think it was 1987. I think you were at the NAACP Awards and you met a beautiful singer mm. named Miss Whitney Houston. Beautiful singer, yes. What was it? What was that meeting like? I mean, <laughs> I was just thinking these two beautiful powerhouses oh, at that man. point. What was that like? It was incredible. I mean, that was the year she came out and was mm. winning everything. Yeah. And we kind of just crossed paths in the lobby of the auditorium. And she actually turned around and was like, Cece, Cece, and Bibi was with me, Cece and Bibi. And I was like, how do you know us? <laughs> but she had been listening to our music and my brother's music for years. And she, I don't know why she asked us this, but are you performing somewhere here? And we were like, actually, we're performing tonight. We had a late, late show at this small place uh, people used to perform at called um, Concert by the Sea. Okay. And she said, I'm coming. Wait, what? Yeah, she said, I'm coming. And then we were like, okay. Sure. Right. See you Thank there. You. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that night she came and ended up on stage with us. Wait, what? Yes. Hold on. And singing our songs better than we've ever sang them in our lives. <laughs> so then we were like, get off the stage with me. <laughs> but that was the beginning of our friendship. That was it. And we were close ever since. I mean, and you sang together yes. uh, on the Waiting to Exhale uh, track, which yes. was that song. Count on me. Come yes. on. <laughs> oh, that was so beautiful. It was so perfect. Um, it was so perfect. It was It was who we were. We were sisters. We were friends. And um, I love her. I mean, what a voice. What a voice. I remember when... She had just finished the soundtrack to Bodyguard. Yes. She was in California, and she called me. It was late, she said. And, and I think when you're talking about a wild moment, I think this soundtrack, as gifted as she was, I think when she heard this soundtrack back, she realized that the gift she was carrying was pretty amazing. And she called me that night. She said, you got to hear this, sis. You got to hear this. And she started playing those songs. I was... Yeah, I had no words. I was like, well, you're going somewhere you've never been before because those songs and the way she articulated them, it was just incredible. Yeah, spectacular. You um, 
you stayed in the gospel lane, although your music has crossed over a million mm-hmm. times, obviously. Mm-hmm. Some chose to go pop. Right. Some choose, like back in the day, Sam Cooke went one way. Mm-hmm. How come you decided to stay in this lane and not um, kind of venture, venture out? out? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I feel that is really important. The message that I carry and the message yeah. that I sing is something that is past entertainment, mm-hmm. but it's something that ministers to the soul and to the hearts. And uh, so I feel that that call. I've done little things here and there, sure. like commercials mm-hmm. here and there. But as far as for a career, because I, I've, I've, I never went into it for a career. It's always yeah. been a ministry yeah. to me. And so I just feel it's the call of my life to this is my purpose. And when you find your purpose, it's like you're stepping down if you try anything else. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. That's that's it. When you find your purpose, that's that's why I was created. That's why I'm here. That's why he gave me the gift to do what I do. You know, it's a heart thing. And it's yeah. Yeah. Wow, and I want to talk much more about your past, but when you talked about your ministry, this has taken on, this has now gone to a whole new level. Yes. You and your husband have created a church. Yeah. And you were you were a member of a church for many, many years. Many years. And then you decided, hold on a second, I think there may be something here we need to do. Yeah. Tell me about that, what oh happened, that moment, God. that choice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was a moment. Well, it was a moment. <laughs> Uh, but but years ago, you know, with, within the scriptures, it talks about, the Bible talks about prophecy. It talks about, you know, seeing the future. And probably 15 years prior to us starting a church, this wonderful minister, this woman named Diane Palmer, I believe her name mm-hmm. was, looked at my husband and said, you're going to pastor a church one day. This was 15 years ago? Yeah, like probably 20, 20 years, years ago. ago. And my husband has never been out front. Now, yeah. I've always been out front on stage singing, ministering. And she looked at him and it's what like it said. went in one ear. It didn't yeah. it didn't phase him at all. Right. Not at all. He looked at me and said, Cece, I will welcome the moon before. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay. And you know, uh, there's a scripture where the Bible in the Bible where Mary said when she heard something about Jesus that she just put it in the back of her mind. Mm-hmm. So when the lady said that, I just kind of tucked it in the back, back of my of your mind. mind. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't believe it either. Yeah. It's yeah. nothing we ever desired. I love church. I've yeah. always been a part of church, but never in a million years did we plan on starting one. Starting one, right? So we went on with our lives, mm-hmm. and probably ten years in, it started happening again with. We would be in the airport. Somebody would come up and say, where's your church? And we're just like, we don't have a church. But they were asking. Yeah. We don't have a church. Yeah. And um, so to make a long story short, my son went to Australia trying to get away from us, church, <laughs> and everybody else. Went into a small church with a friend. God transformed his life. Mm. He came back to Nashville mm. and asked us if we would have a Bible study for some of his friends. Mm. And we were like, okay. <laughs> and now by this time, he just graduated out of college. Yeah. So he's young adult. And we were like, sure. So he invited, he said he was going to invite about 20 friends over. Mm-hmm. It ended up being about 40 oh. young people. Multicultural, just totally diverse. Yeah. And it was amazing. 
And the second, not even that first time, the second time we did it because the kids came back, their parents wanted to come. Mm-hmm. My husband looked at me and all of a sudden, all of those prophetic words came back and he wow. said, this is it. Oh, my gosh. So we <gasps> started in born. our living room. That's how I was born. Nashville Life Church. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he made it. God made it so crystal clear and so plain that this is what he wanted us to do. Well, it's so interesting because it came from your son, like, seeking out his faith. Right. Not not, not being able to come to it. Right. Until later. Yes. Were you as parents, since you were raised, obviously, raised. so much with God at the mm-hmm. center, how was it when your son wasn't, like, on the wagon oh, with man. everybody? I was just praying yeah. because it's a heart thing. It's not something that you can make happen. Mm-hmm. It's not something that automatically happens. Right, you can force it. You, you can't force it. it. It has to be your choice and has to be your relationship with God. And when he said he wanted to go to Australia, first of all, that was like, why do you want to go so far? Right. We live in Nashville, Tennessee, and he just wanted to get away. And then later on, I found out, he said he looked up and he told God, whoever gets me first, you or the devil, that's where I'm. That's the way I'm going. So I'm praying, and then he gives me a call after he goes to this little mm-hmm. Bible, said this small church in yeah. Australia, and he said, Mom, God is really real. And I was like, on the other okay. line, well, I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> but then the next call, it was just like, man, every call was getting deeper and deeper. Mm. So my prayer went from God, bring my son home to God. He can stay there as long as you want him to. <laughs> he, right. never, he never has to come back. As long because as he has Because that's that. been my prayer for, I only have two kids. And I say that because my mom had 10. Yeah. But my prayer was that they would have a relationship with Jesus. That was, mm-hmm. that's it. Number one, yeah. Because to me, that is the foundation. Mm-hmm. And no matter what wind or mm-hmm. storm you find out and you go through yes. in life, if you have that foundation, you're going to be okay. Mm. That's beautiful. By the way, the way your parents raised you and mm-hmm. your siblings, it was strict. Very strict. I mean, no makeup. Strict. No makeup. No, no pants. pants. Strict. Yeah. Church Just probably four times a week. Four times a week. Were you, was there any, was there like a rebel part of you that was like, I don't think so. I'm sneaking lip gloss. <laughs> I don't care. Not really because yeah. they believed in that scripture. Yeah. But no, I kind of just like, hmm, okay, let me, let me, let me go with this. You know? Did you ever feel like, because sometimes when you're told these are the marching orders. Right, right. Sometimes even if you don't rebel publicly inside, right. you're like... You know, right? Did you have any of those internal feelings? Um, I I really didn't, mm-hmm. and the reason why, again, I have to go back to my parents and my grandmother, and what I've tried to do with my children yeah. and with those we are pastoring, even though they were strict. You know, you're not going to go mm-hmm. to this party. You're not going to that. They were fun. They were. Yeah. Like how? How? I mean, they made sure we were laughing. Yeah. We went to camp. Yeah. They realized we were young. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they always had an alternative for us. Uh-huh. So we were never somewhere bored. They realized we had a gift to sing. So they would, they sponsored our first concert. Wow. Could your parents, could both of them sing too? Yeah, both of them. Yeah. They, actually, they sing better than all of us. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And so they knew right away that this was going to be something big right. for the family. And so they would sit back and say, we don't know if anybody's going to come see our kids or not. And now to see what we've all done around the world. Pretty amazing, the power of parents. Love it. 
When I was growing up, my parents, I don't remember seeing them argue maybe twice that mm. I, I, I'm sure they were mm-hmm. somewhere. Right. But, but they, it was never in front out in front. Um, were you raised to see conflict or how, like, in other words, like I've often struggled with how do I deal with conflict? Oh. No, I didn't, it wasn't really modeled. I don't oh, know how. got it, got it. It was all like kind of hidden in a back got room it. and you're like, right. I thought everybody was happy. No, 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 how we did, all, no. Ten no. kids, we had conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But how did they, did you ever watch your parents? Parents, have yes, conflict yes, too? I've yeah. had, I've seen them argue, yeah. you know. The one thing I can say about my dad, yeah. and, and he was very high strung, yeah. but he would always be humble enough to come back and say, I'm sorry. Oh, he did? Yeah. And to me, that marked me more than anything, mm. that he would come back and say, you know what, I was too high. I shouldn't I'm have sorry. done that, yeah. You know, and, and I think for parents— it's huge that kids get a chance to hear you and see you say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, because we're all going to make mistakes. But but their 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 standard, Hoda, was the word of God. And so when the conflict happened, they were both willing to say, you know what, I was wrong here, mm-hmm. I was wrong there. But yeah, we saw conflict. Okay. You know? What um what parenting techniques from your parents did you take? And what did you leave behind that you said, I'm not going to do that with my kids? Um, hmm. Well, <laughs> I wasn't as strict, but <laughs> now I wish I, w- I would have been. <laughs> uh, but but definitely the, the main thing was God being the foundation of mm-hmm. our home was not an option, even right. if they didn't embrace it. Right. You know, I'm old school. This yeah. is my house. And as long as you're under my roof. Right. This is what this we're is doing. This is what we're doing. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm sure throughout the years, you know, they're grown adults now, but I'm sure throughout the years I wasn't their best friend. Yeah. But I wasn't trying to be their best mm-hmm. friend. I understood the responsibility. So that's the thing that I definitely took from my parents. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Um, were you young when you married? Very young. Yeah. I've been married for, ooh, 38 years now. Whoa, 58, really? So I got married at 20. Did you know? 19, 20. Right away when you... I didn't know right away, but I liked him right away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what did he so, bring? Like, what was it about him that you remember? Um, His smile. Yeah. His smile. Uh, Alvin is very, he's a nice guy. He's just a nice guy. He's yeah. a very nice guy. Uh, he had joined the church in, in, in Detroit and he became friends with my brothers, mm-hmm. but also he he made me laugh. Hmm. And, and laughter is important. I laugh a lot. And the Bible says laughter is like a medicine. Yeah. And so my yeah. whole family we we love to laugh. And so and laughter will take you through some <laughs> hard times. You know. Was he intimidated walking into the wine and home? I'm I mean, sure with, he was. I'm sure he was. <laughs> How do you think you're good enough? They, I mean, they made it really, and not just the wine at home, but I had seven older brothers. Uh-huh. So that's like having eight fathers. <laughs> yeah. So even even if you looked at our, our wedding tape, I don't know where it is at this point. Uh, what do you call them? Not, yeah, the VC, the VHS. VHS. <laughs> yeah, those old things. I know, I got a bunch he, too. He had a look on his face like, should I do this? Because <laughs> they had threatened him. It was horrible. They uh-huh. were not nice to him. But he made it through. Wow. So, so yes, he's, he's an awesome guy. Coming up, Cece tells me you cannot make your kids have faith, but she shares what you can do. That's next. That's next. 
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Choosing to have, you, like you said, you came from a family of 10 mm-hmm. uh, siblings and you you have two children. Two. Was yeah. that, did you say to yourself, that was too many, I think I'd want two, or was two just the way it kind of worked out? It just kind of worked out. Yeah. Um, that was That's probably my only regret in life mm-hmm. is that I didn't have more children. Mm-hmm. Um, I had them when I was busy singing and on the road. And, you know, I had my boy first, Alvin III was first. And then two years later, I had Ashley. And mm-hmm. I remember my mom looking over me as I was coming back from Ashley saying, how did you have a girl second? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, favor's not fair. Don't, don't get upset with me. So I had a boy and a girl. I was busy doing, and I was just like, oh, you mm-hmm. know, this is good. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until later on I was like, man, I should have kept having mm-hmm. kids because I really enjoy being a mom. How was parenting and performing and living that life? How that did life. you, yeah, how did you do it? I, I did it because I had great help. Yeah. You know, sure. um, when they were really little, we lived in Detroit. So I had mm-hmm. my mom, my sisters, my mm-hmm. brothers, you know, everybody. Alvin's family, everybody was there. Yeah. Uh, my husband and I understood the importance of really keeping a marriage that was strong. Mm-hmm. So if I went out of town, I wouldn't go out that long or he would come with me, mm. you know, so we worked it. We could, because this industry and you know, this, yeah. this industry is not the best support for relationships Mm-mm. with your kids or your spouse. And so you have to make sure you put things in, you have to prioritize. And it's something that you have to do at different stages. You know, yeah. when they were really small, I mean, babies, you know, they don't know if I'm there or not, but mm-hmm. my mom was there and I knew they were being taken they care were of. Being looked after but when they got a little bit older, I would bring them with me. Uh-huh. When they when they got to the preteen age where every child kind of loses their mind for a little mm-hmm. while, um, I took them out of school and they were homeschooled for oh, a few years. I, I hired somebody yeah. to teach them on the road. And so we all so got they on could the come tour with bus. you. Yeah. yeah. And then my husband, there's no way I could have did it without him mm-hmm. being. 200% behind me mm-hmm. and he's always supported me completely in in what he felt God wanted me to do with this mm-hmm. gift and and that's why we've been able to do it. Wow. Yeah. And your book is about passing on uh, faith, faith to the yeah. next generation. Again, mm-hmm. the title for people who don't know is Believe for It, Passing on Faith to the Next Generation. Mm-hmm. That's important to you. You had it given to you and I'm sure your parents before them. Right. And passing it along to your kids. What was the 
kind of the easiest part of it and the most difficult part of making sure that you fill your child's cup so that he is prepared or she's prepared for the world? The easiest part was I knew that that was the way I needed to raise my children. Mm -hmm. You know, I I never wavered in that because I knew what it did for me as a person Mm -hmm. to know who you are, to know who God is. I knew that my faith had took me through all every storm that Mm -hmm. I had ever faced and that I will ever face. So that was the easiest part. The hardest part is watching and waiting for the light to come Mm -hmm. on for them. You know, you can't put it in their hearts. You can't put it in their minds. All you can do is model it before them. That's important. You know, and and so as a mom, I was just praying. You know, you pray for yeah. the right friends. Yes. You pray for them to understand who they are. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to go through, you know, am I good enough? Mm. Or, or people who are not nice to them. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't protect them from, from the world. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's why you want them to have God on the inside Mm. because he's always there with Mm -hmm. them when I can't be, you know. So that's probably the hardest Mm -hmm. part is that you can't protect them from everything, Mm -hmm. um, but you have to trust God. And 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 but he's faithful. Mm. That's beautiful. Yes, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I interviewed Michelle Obama a little while back Mm -hmm. and there was a passage in her new book that struck me. And she talks about how that that she struggles with, I guess, demons inside like we all do. Mm-hmm. It's the voice inside your head that says you're not good enough today. Mm-hmm. Look how you look. Mm-hmm. You still don't look good. I don't mm-hmm. care how pretty that dress is. The voice inside right. that's loud. And she talks about how she lives with that voice and mm-hmm. where she puts it. Because she goes, even if a rock tells me I look beautiful, right. it doesn't matter if you I don't right. feel it inside, it's, it's the true. whole loving yourself in here. So for all of us, and I'm sure you have the voice too, we all mm-hmm. have it. It's mm-hmm. like sh- quiet. Right, right. But what do you do to sort of quiet that part of you? I drown it out. <laughs> with what? With what? Tell us. <laughs> you drown it out with worship. You drown it out with praise. You drown it out with the scriptures, with mm-hmm. the word of God, with prayer. Mm-hmm. And I was told a long time ago, whatever you feed the most, that's what's going to be the loudest. Oh, that's good. Say that again. Whatever you feed yeah. the most, that's going to be the loudest. Yeah. Whatever you meditate on the yeah. most, that's going to be the loudest. Yeah. And because I've trained myself to meditate on good things, Yeah. and because I've trained myself to understand that God created me to be who I am, mm-hmm. he, 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 he didn't want me to be as tall as you. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I can celebrate your yeah. tallness. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> without feeling like something's wrong Less with than. me because I'm not. You know what I'm saying? And so because I, I have that perspective, and that is that God perspective, mm-hmm. that everyone's beautiful. And who am I to put down myself when God created me this way? You know, I sing on the stage with people who sing better than me all the time. But there's it's almost like a puzzle. You know, you can work all night on a puzzle and get everything together. And if that one piece is Mm-mm. missing— I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like you're ready to just throw it all yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's who we all are in the world. It's like there's a part that you play in this puzzle that nobody else can feel. It's a shape. It's a size. It's a temperament. It's a gift. It's a talent that completes the puzzle. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. And to me, that quiets down anything else. Yeah. How do you, with with big conflict or big loss in your life, Yeah. 
talked about your grandmother. I know your brother mm-hmm. asked. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Pain is pain. Pain is rough. Grief is grief. Um, actually, I was just invited to to go and sing at a funeral that I know is going to be really, really rough. Mm. Um, but it's you go through it one day at a time. Yeah, at least I've I've had to do that. Yeah. I remember when I lost my second eldest brother, and you know, watching my parents, you know, no parent should bury Mm -hmm. bury their child, you know. But I watched how they walked through it, and it was pretty astounding to me. I remember when my brother took his last breath. Actually, my father's first response was his hands went up. And I was just, I looked at him, and I'm just like, what? We're all crying. And then right away, he began to just thank the Lord for the years we had, Ronald. Mm. I mean, he switched that, he shift the whole atmosphere to gratitude before depression could come in. Mm. And I'll never forget that. Mm. But I remember my sister asked me, Cece, how are we going to make it without Ronald? How? I said, Debbie, I do not know. Mm. I do not know. I could cry thinking about it. I don't know how we're going to make it. But I know the God that we serve, this didn't take him by surprise. It took us by surprise, but it didn't take them by surprise. We're going to trust them to carry us through. And every day, you don't know how you're going to make it to the next day, but you wake up and it's like, I'm still here. <laughs> and then, you know, it's amazing how he just begins to heal your heart. He begins to heal your heart. And uh, I remember going on stage, actually, right after Ronald had passed, and I had sing this song called He's Concerned About You. And one of the lyrics, it says, um, while your tears are flowing through your time of mourning. Time of mourning. He is here to lift your heavy heart. He's in he will lift your heavy heart because he's concerned about you. Because even mm. before I went on the stage, I was like, Lord, how am I going to sing this song when mm. my heart is so broken? How am I even going to make it through? And um, that was one of the times that I had to minister to myself. Oh, wow. I had to hear those lyrics that I'm always telling other people. I had to take them in. And then I just had to walk it through. Mm. And because I knew he was with me, um, but but I can't I can't really put into words how you make it through. It's just that he's faithful. Mm. Yeah. And now I think, even with Whitney, I think those that I've lost in my life that were really close, I think. I've been able to keep going because of the good memories. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because they're always with you, mm-hmm. you know. So I might cry when I think of one thing, you know, but then shortly after I'm laughing because I'm cracking up at a time we had, you know, like Whitney one time he we, she was in this limo and she wanted to go to she wanted to go to White Castle. <laughs> 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 I'm like, you want to take a limo through the drive through of White, White Castle? Castle? <laughs> yes, that's what I want to do. You know, so you have those moments that, mm-hmm. that really will take you through. Wow. And during this time, and you mentioned this, but there are some people who are like feeling a little hopeless and they need, mm. they need something right now as they're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just tell them, first of all, to breathe because mm-hmm. you're still here. You know, and as long as you're breathing, there's still hope. There's hope. 
I love to encourage people to remember that God loves them because that's what we were all created for and that's what we all yearn for, and that is love. You're loved, you're on God's mind, (laughs) and because of that, there's hope. So don't give in, Mm -hmm. don't give up. You just keep moving. You have Mm -hmm. to keep going, keep going, because tomorrow it will get better. Mm -hmm. It will get better. Don't give in, don't give up, but it will be better because God loves you. And even though things are altered and things don't look the way you thought they would look, the purpose and the plan for your life remains the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. It remains the same. And lastly, uh, Cece, I feel like there's something magical about this time in your life. You've had so many highs, but as you sit here today, mm-hmm. I just feel like there's this, I mean, you always have this inner light, obviously, but you're at a magical time in your life mm. now. What makes this stage in your life um, just special? Great question. Yeah. You're good yeah. at this. <laughs> um I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. I feel <laughs> it's so funny. I'm enjoying getting older. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my mom is 86 now. Mm-hmm. I feel like at 58, mm-hmm. I'm young enough to mm-hmm. still do things, not just well, but probably better than I've ever done them before. Mm-hmm. But yet I'm old enough to have enough wisdom not to waste time. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Right? You're choosy. Yeah. 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 You, you, you know mm-hmm. what life is about. And it's a blessing to still be healthy and mm-hmm. strong mm-hmm. at this age mm-hmm. because I feel like I can accomplish a lot more. Mm-hmm. And because I'm clearer on my purpose than I've ever been before. Mm. I'm at the stage where everything counts. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't have time to waste. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? You you understand love. You understand relationship. You understand what it takes. You understand what's most important in life. And and I enjoy being able to help those who are coming after me. I feel the awesome responsibility now. I'm here because of those who took out time before me to pour into me, mm. to give me wisdom, mm-hmm. to correct me, to tell me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear, mm. who loved me no matter what mm-hmm. I did. So now I get a chance to do that, not just for my daughter, but for those who are coming after me. Well, the book is beautiful. It's amazing. It's called Believe for It, Passing on Faith to the Next Generation. Cece, this interview was everything I had dreamt it would be. <laughs> Thanks for coming Thank to see you. me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening and for going on this journey with me. If you like what you heard, and I sure hope you do, please give Making Space a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends and follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening right now. Making Space with Hoda Kotb is produced by Allison Berger and Ursula Summer, along with associate producer Rachel Yawn. Our associate audio engineer is Juliana Mastrorelli. Our audio engineers are Tarek Fuda and Bob Mallory. Original music by John Estes. Bryson Barnes is our technical director. Mina Kathuria is our executive producer. Soraya Gage is our general manager. And Madeline Herringer is our head of editorial.
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.